Coming up next on The Jeff Crilly Show, he was wrongly convicted and served nearly 35 years in prison for something he didn't do. He's going to teach us all how to become unshackled. His journey just ahead. Many are predicting that the worst is yet to come, which is unfortunate, said one person here. Until now, they've enjoyed the reputation of being the nation's icebox. Watched a burglar in his home this morning by webcam. As a journalist of over 25 years, stories are what make my world turn. Reporting live from the Dallas Newsroom tonight, Jeff Crilly, Fox 4 News. But in 2008, I took the jump from my familiar life and started a PR firm from my home. We're talking about anyone with a camcorder like the one I'm using becomes a television network. We started slowly growing the company and we now have over a hundred clients and we've branched into the world of live digital broadcasting. I now own eight different TV studios and have a huge team. And the stories that I now get to share are sometimes the most important of my life. Life has a funny way of coming around full circle. This is the Jeff Crilly Show. Well, one of the highlights of my news career was I freed an innocent man from prison. He had served five and a half years, and it was a, uh, an honor to be a part of his freedom. I can't even imagine being in prison for nearly 35 years for something you didn't do, but somebody who knows that very well, Gene McGuire. He's an author, speaker. Thanks for coming on my show. Well, thank you, Jeff. Yeah. Appreciate you being here. This is wonderful. Yeah. And the first thing that uh, strikes me is you have a big smile. Uh, it seems like if you were wrongly convicted, don't you emerge from prison bitter? Well, I, I learned forgiveness um, about 10 years into my sentence. I learned forgiveness, and I realized uh, if, if God's forgiven me, who am I not to forgive others? And I really, um, I wasn't totally innocent, but I definitely was wrongfully convicted and wrongfully sentenced. Well, we've got a little backstory because he's a very popular uh, media guest. We found a video of you being interviewed on CBN. Let's go ahead and roll that. For 35 years, Gene McGuire didn't have a name, but he had a number, AK4192. He had spent most of his life behind bars, guilty only of being in the wrong place at the wrong time. In 1977, Gene McGuire, a 17-year-old star athlete, went into a bar with his 24-year-old cousin, Bobby. He had no idea Bobby was about to rob the place. Bobby ended up stabbing the bartender to death. Gene was found guilty of second-degree murder and was sentenced to life in prison. After serving 35 years, he was released. But Gene isn't angry with his cousin or the court system. He forgave them years ago. In his book, Unshackled, he shares what helped him become free even while he was still behind bars. Gene McGuire joins us now for the rest of the story. Welcome to the 700 Club. It's good to have you here. Oh, I'm, it's a pleasure to be here, Terry. Let's go back to the beginning of this story, if we can. You're 17 years old. You, A cousin that you admire that's older than you comes to visit, and you all go out drinking. You're underage, but you know a place you can go, and they're going right. to serve you. And so you're all pretty loaded with alcohol yeah, drinking that and, night. Yep. You thought you were just out for a fun night, but your cousin had a different intent. What happened that night? Well, somewhere in the process of drinking and playing pool, he turned, said, I'm going to rob the place. And I knew I wasn't going to do that. And, and I had a stepbrother with us. We, we weren't going to do that. But 
that was his idea and that was planned. So we decided to leave and we parked the car down the road a little bit, stood in the parking lot. When he walked back in, he was gonna rob the place and come out and he didn't come out right away. What he did was when he walked in, he ended up stabbing and uh, stabbed the owner to death and robbed the place. And I'm sure the audience has a lot of questions. I mean, you were there, um, yes. so you had some culpability. Yeah. Uh, how do you get life in prison? Well, I was um, told by my attorney, a public defender, said if I pled guilty to murder, I could be out in 10 years and on good behavior. And that was my mindset. So I went into the court. I pled guilty early on, 90 days in my arrest. And then six months later, uh, the judge sentenced, sentenced me to life without the possibility of parole. It was kind of numbing because I didn't realize the, the significance of that until I got to the state prison. Um, and other inmates serving life told me that life meant life and you will not get out. You'll die first. And, and so that started the, the journey. Well, our prison system famously is not good at turning lives around. They just kind of lock you up and warehouse you, and sometimes you get to learn how to be a better criminal. But you had uh, just a conversion in prison. Mm -hmm. Talk about your faith. Yeah, I, I've never had uh, any church experience or really um, read a Bible or anything like that. I had people witness to me, but I attended a weekend revival, which uh, was a Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. It was in 1986. And it was in December, and I attended these church revivals in the prison. 100 volunteers from the outside community had come in, and they were walking the compound. They were coming in the kitchen. They were allowed on the weight piles, in the basketball courts, in the yards. And they would witness to us and then encourage us to come over to church. And so I went over Friday night, and I really heard a message of hope that Jesus died for our sins. He was buried. He rose again. And I thought, eh, I kind of believe that, but did he do it for me? So I went back Saturday night, I heard the same message, and the guy kept saying, real men make commitments, real men make commitments. And I was like, man, I never really wanted to make a commitment because it was tough, you know? And uh, so Sunday, I go back Sunday morning, and I hear that message, uh, Jesus died, rose again, and there's hope. And I thought, man, I have, like, I'm a mess. I've been, I was involved in a drug scene and getting high and putting me in my orange Coke and meth. And I knew I was in trouble. I knew I was in a bad spot. And I just took a, a step forward and, and said, I want to receive Christ as my Savior. And it literally changed my life. It changed the direction of my life. Sure. And uh, I just started walking. Uh, whatever, whatever I learned in the Bible, I would try to walk it out. I heard one of your speeches, and you're just an amazing speaker, and you were talking about a man who just was uh, full of joy and singing uh, hymns, oh, yeah. and you, you were saying to yourself, now what does that guy have that I don't have? Yeah, uh, Warner Batty, we call him Big Moses in my book, Unshackled, and uh, he was always getting up in the morning, he would sing hymns, and he was like, come on convicts, get up, wake up, this is the day the Lord has made. And I was like miserable. And I'm like, you got life like me and I got life. Why are you smiling? And he was a he was kind of a signpost for me to, to look at and to hear along wow. the way. All right. Well, let's talk about both of your books. We'll start with the first one, Unshackled. Tell us about that book. Uh, you know, I was traveling, speaking all across the country and people would come up to me and say, you have a book? I'm like, no, a book is for people, you know, that have stories, you know, and I'm just being real. So finally, we sat down and we started writing. And I, my book is testimonial. It's discipleship. It's life. It's, it's my life. And it's not in chronological order, but it goes back and forth. And it's just stories of, of prison, of the violence. It's also stories of, of hope and salvation and conflicts and 
in resolutions and, and how life goes on inside the prison system. And sure. so the book ends the day I got out. Wow. Well, for the person who is just a Boy Scout and has never even jaywalked before, can somebody get something out of this that, you know, didn't um, have a, even a brush with crime? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, like I said, there's uh, discipleship is what Jesus, I felt, Jesus is talking about. His plan A is discipleship, is to train. And the book is very much a discipleship type book where you can learn good lessons on on value of your time, uh, stewarding your money, um, relationships, um, uh, making relationships most important in your life. Forgiveness is a big issue. Uh, I met so many people in the Dallas-Fort Worth area who have never been in prison, have never been addicted, but they are in bondage to unforgiveness. Mm. And so um, my book would, uh, I hear time and time again, I get emails, I get text messages, people who read it and never been in prison and they are blown away in the sense that they are set free uh, because of uh, forgiveness is a big issue. Wow. And you did a follow-up book. Let's put that, uh, that cover on the screen and talk about that. Well, Life After Unshackled is definitely a follow-up. It starts and it talks about since my release in 2012 and the things I've been able to do. Um, I have a pastor friend of mine said, it's a miracle that God set you free from prison, but it's even a bigger miracle what you've been doing since you've been out. So I, you know, I love speaking at rehab, schools, uh, businesses, um, just having a great time. So life um, came, the title came from a friend of mine, uh, Richard, who said, um, you know, a judge in 1977 sent you life, and he had no idea what that really meant because 10 years later, the Lord gave me eternal life. And then some 25 years later, a, a judge from my hometown uh, released me and gave me the life I live today. Wow. And my life uh, today is never meant to spend on myself. It's, it's meant to spend on others. So that's how I view my freedom today. Well, and to put all this in perspective, 1977, and then you're released in 2012, is that right? Yes. I mean, cell phones, I mean, just uh, ATM machines, so many things in the outside world. Self, self-checkout at the grocery store. <laughs> <laughs> that, will never, that, that will never uh, fade away in my mind. I mean, do you remember the first time somebody gives you a phone and you're like, where's the rotary? Dial? Yeah, I'm, well, I'm, looking at the, I'm looking at the phone. I'm like, and they're like, put it to your ear. I put it to my ear and I can't hear it. They came over and it was upside down. Yeah. <laughs> well, as we mentioned, he's a very popular speaker. We've got some video of you on stage at a church. I want to, you to talk about the types of audiences you uh, prefer speaking to. Okay. Um, I, I love speaking to high school kids. Um, I've been doing that quite a bit, um, both uh, um, secular and Christian schools. Uh, I love speaking at rehabs um, across the country. Um, and then also, I, you know, I love doing men's groups, but I love uh, the church. I mean, I feel like I'm speaking to the choir, but really about, about 20, 30% of our church are, are really free. I, I really believe that. About 20, 30% of the people sitting in church every day are really free. Others are just struggling. You know, they know the Lord, but they're struggling with, with issues. And so my story uh, um, resonates with them and they're drawn into that. They're saying, I want the freedom that you have. Wow. So what's one of the nicest compliments you've gotten about either your speech or your book? Um, just the, I think the numerous ones uh, that people read it within two days. I don't know if that's, you know, I just, I'm just, I've never planned that. 
you know, and so people will say, I read your book in two days, or I, I read it all night long. I, I couldn't put down. So it's, it's um, much, the story is gripping. The story is uh, fast paced, um, much faster than the 34 years, nine months, 15 days I spent in prison. But uh, that's, I think that's a big, uh, because sure. your story makes a difference and impacts people's lives. Sure. Well, in the final minute or so that we have left, I want you to look right into the viewer's eyes and talk about um, how they can become unshackled themselves. I, just simple this, you know, there's a God that loves you. He loves me. He loves us. He, and, and no matter what people are saying, there's a, there's a Bible that says that God loves us. And he has a plan for us. And it's through Jesus Christ, his son, who died and rose again for us. And, and if someone said, how much does God love me? You look at Jesus and the sacrifice he made on a cross. He said this much. And he stretched out his arms and died for us. And I think um, that short story, a powerful story, it brings hope to people who are hopeless or hurting or uh, bound in unforgiveness and pain and suffering. Uh, there's hope in Jesus Christ. And I'm testimony of that today. Wow. What an amazing interview. I could interview you all day. We're going to end with the website, which is genemcguire.org. Thank you so much for coming on the show, Gene. Thank you, Jeff, so much. You bet. That's it for now. We'll see you next time.